What did the arrest of the top secret Ukraine document leaker distract you from? Find out on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and the deep state and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 371 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Friday, April 14th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. As a matter of fact, I can now announce that we are scheduled to interview Dr. Robert Malone coming up April 20th. Looking forward to that. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners. Most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. On August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. We really appreciate all of our patrons. Make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings, 11 p.m. Central. Okay, there are a lot of major stories that the arrest of the alleged top-secret Ukraine document leakers Leaker has been uh, distracting you from. But first, let's look at the story itself. A good example for how the liberal mainstream media and the liberal intel community types are handling this is a thread over on Twitter by a guy named Michael A. Horowitz. Now, Horowitz is the head of an intel company called Lebec International. And Horowitz has over 115,000 followers on Twitter. So he links to the New York Times article about the arrest of this young man, says the leader of the online forum who leaked classified U.S. intelligence documents, a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman. He says, according to one of his friends, he was a Christian anti-war. Was? Was? According to one of his friends, he was a Christian anti-war. He says, how that reconciles with being a gun nut and a soldier, I'm not sure. Well, that's because you don't understand anything, Michael. He has a picture of Jack Teixeira posted on social media, released by the New York Times. He says, here's the 102 Intelligence Wing congratulating him last July for being promoted to Airman First Class. To those asking how a 21-year-old Has access to classified info. That's actually not that surprising. He says, I personally was a 21-year-old with access to classified information. He may just have had access to an Intel platform where info was shared. 
He says, I wasn't a racist anti-war forum going gun nut, to be clear. I would hope that the background check I had to pass beforehand would catch that if I was. So I responded, ad hominem, in other words, name-calling, tends to betray frustration with the inability to form a persuasive, coherent argument. So, having said that, take a look at the New York Times article entitled FBI arrests National Guardsman in Leak of Classified Documents. Subtitle authorities say Jack Teixeira, 21-year-old member of Massachusetts Air National Guard, posted sensitive materials in an online chat group. Now, you know what they're going to use this for? They want to get the Restrict Act passed. They want to come down on you like a ton of bricks if you say something they don't like online and fine you a million dollars to put you in prison for up to 20 years. That's what they want to do. Uh, the intelligencer over at New York Magazine has an article entitled, What Secrets Are in the Leaked Pentagon Documents and Who Leaked Them? And that dropped April 13th, Thursday, April 13th. Says a stunning leak of a cache of classified Pentagon documents appears to be one of the most significant breaches of U.S. intelligence in decades, purportedly revealing national security secrets regarding Ukraine, Russia, Asia, and the Middle East as well as details about U.S. espionage methods and the country spying on adversaries and allies. The Pentagon has confirmed the leak's authenticity, and while the documents have been circulating online for months, U.S. officials figured this out only after the leaked documents were reported by the New York Times on April 6th. Well, I tell you what, yeah, they're, they're really on top of things, aren't they, those uh, U.S. officials? New York Magazine says the Justice Department has since opened a criminal investigation into what happened. Below is what we know about the leak thus far, including what the documents reveal and who may be responsible for it. So you got to scroll way, way down to get what they say the documents reveal. Oh, by the way, they quote the Washington Post in its report on the source of the leaks saying that the Post had reviewed approximately 300 photos of classified documents. Really? I wonder who at the Washington Post has uh, clearance, national security, national security clearance, to, uh, to peruse through, you know, these 300 photos of classified documents. That, that, that's going to be fun. So, revelations so far. Here's what New York Magazine says. First of all, the U.S. has achieved deep penetration of most Russian security and intelligence services. Next, the FSB, which is the Federal Security Service of the Russian government, accused Russia's defense ministry of obfuscating Russian casualties in Ukraine. Another revelation from the leaked materials. The U.S. is spying on top allies, including Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. 
The U.S. doubts Ukraine's spring offensive will make significant gains. Oh, it's worse than that. And I got that coming up for you. Russia's Wagner Group tried to purchase weapons from Turkey through the country of Mali. Egypt's president secretly planned to send rockets to Russia. Rocket to Russia. Wasn't that, um, wasn't that a punk rock song by the Ramones? I used to work at Record Bar. Uh, we call them the Ram once. But I digress. Russia almost shot down a U.K. surveillance plan near Ukraine. Russian intelligence officers claimed the United Arab Emirates wanted to help work against the U.S. and the U.K. Russian hackers working with Moscow claimed to have accessed Canada's natural gas infrastructure. What could possibly go wrong, right? Mossad leaders, the Israeli intel group, Mossad leaders purportedly encouraged protests against Netanyahu's judicial overhaul in Israel. Uh, Russia's Wagner Group mercenaries looked into working in Haiti. I I don't know if you want to get involved down there. I mean, that doesn't tend to work very well for anybody without the last name of Clinton. But I digress. China held... Secret negotiations with Nicaragua over building a new port in the Caribbean. As many as 50 British special forces were in Ukraine this year, and U.S. and French special forces were there, too. Remember that. Serbia, a quasi-ally of Russia, agreed to arm Ukraine. So those are... What the New York Magazine Intelligencer says are revelations so far out of the leaked documents. But Tucker Carlson has more. And here's the yes, first two minutes and 17 seconds of Tucker's opening monologue from Thursday evening, April 13th, 2023. For the past 14 months, you have heard two main things about the war in Ukraine. The first is that the war in Ukraine is a war of national sovereignty. It is not a proxy battle between superpowers. Russia invaded Ukraine. That was immoral. The United States supports Ukraine because the United States supports democracy. But the United States itself is not at war with Russia. This is Ukraine's war to fight. The second thing we have heard over and over again is that Ukraine is winning that war. Ukrainian troops are brave and noble. Russian troops are evil and incompetent. The Ukrainians are beating the Russians. In the end, their victory is inevitable. Now, you're very familiar with these points because you have heard them every day since last February. You've heard them repeated by every power center in the United States, the Pentagon, the White House, the leaders of both parties in Congress, CEOs and celebrities. And most insistently of all, you've heard them from virtually every single outlet along the entire spectrum of our national news media. These are the two essential themes of the war in Ukraine, and both of them are lies. We know that they're lies because late last week, leaked intelligence about the war in Ukraine began to appear on social media. Briefing slides prepared by the U.S. government began to show up, among other places, on Twitter. 
And the slides show that this is, in fact, not Ukraine's war. It's our war. The United States is a direct combatant in a war against Russia. As we speak, American soldiers are fighting Russian soldiers. So this is not a regional conflict in Eastern Europe. This is a hot war between the two primary nuclear superpowers on Earth. And yet this war has never been formally declared. It has not been authorized by Congress. And for that reason, this war is a violation of American law. It is a crime. The second thing we learn from these slides is that despite direct U.S. involvement, Ukraine is in fact losing the war. Seven Ukrainians are being killed for every Russian. Ukrainian air defenses have been utterly degraded. Ukraine is losing. The Biden administration is perfectly aware of this. They're panicked about it, but they have lied about this fact to the public. Well, isn't that just great? If what Tucker is saying is correct, and I can't remember the last time he was wrong, we're in a hot war with Russia. Their troops and our troops are shooting each other in Ukraine. And that's been hidden from us. And Congress didn't declare any such war. And the whole mainstream media is upset. Somebody had the gall to um, spill the beans on that. Isn't that something? And so the mainstream media is out there wilding, helping the national security apparatus, the intel agencies, figure out who it is. Journalistic freedom, now that's out the window. They don't believe in that anymore. The same mainstream media who protected the source on Watergate, right, same mainstream media who protected Eric Chiramella, the leaker to Vindman, about Trump's Ukraine phone call, try to get him impeached. Did you know you could you could get kicked off of Facebook or Twitter for even for even writing the name Eric Chiramella? No, no, no. He's a whistleblower. He's a whistleblower. But not this guy. No, no. This guy's no whistleblower. Why? Because there's no such thing as journalism anymore. Everybody close ranks. Let me... Uh, let me share with you some of the questions that the media was asking the flax at DOD on Thursday. Because this is crazy. And, and, and a big thank you and a hat tip to the great Michael Tracy, roving journalist, who has more than 300,000 followers over there on Twitter. He says, look at the questions that were asked by journalists at the Pentagon press briefing today. They're all about 
demanding answers for how the government plans to improve its ability to conceal newsworthy information from the public. First up, Tara Kopp, Associated Press, said, What steps has DOD taken to reduce the number of people who have access to not only these classified briefings, but classified material in general? Next, Jen Griffin, Fox News. She said, you say that there are strict protocols in place, and yet a 21-year-old airman was able to access some of the nation's top secrets. How did this happen, and isn't this a massive security brief? Jen Griffin, Fox News, continues, what is your message to anyone who might be thinking of leaking these kinds of documents in the future? Now, i got to tell you, Tucker is really a brave guy. It takes a lot of courage for him to say all of media is standing against freedom of the press. All of media seems upset that somebody had the gall to mention that we have gone to war in a foreign country secretly. When he says all of media, he's including the news department in the same building he works in who get paychecks with the same signature on it that he gets. Pray for Tucker Carlson and and his crew, his team. Next question from Travis Tritton, military.com, who said, are there less people who have access to this type of information today than there were a week ago? Now, what he means is, are there fewer people? But some people don't know about the word fewer in the English language. Carla Babb, Voice of America, says, What took so long for DOD and the intelligence community to locate these documents? David Martin, CBS, says, Are you going to release this airman's service record? Yeah, we want to jump on him with both feet, right? Brandy Vincent, over at Defense Scoop, says, What technologies is the the Pentagon applying right now to both spot leaked documents online and spot potential indicators of leaking type practices? Oren Lieberman, CNN, says, given the gravity of the situation, are you actively paring down the distribution list now? Is this a process that's moving quickly? Last but not least, Laura Seligman, Politico, says, Can you say whether DOD has anyone looking at chat rooms on Discord, for example, or other social media platforms right now for leaked information? You know, there's this newspaper in Washington, D.C. called the Washington Post that has a slogan called Democracy Dies in Darkness. So I guess they're all for democracy dying then. The uh, late, great G. Gordon Liddy, who was a very popular radio talk show host back in the 90s, when he had to quote something from the Washington Post, he would refer to them as Washington, D.C.'s quaint little alternative daily, the Washington Beep. The great Jack Posobiec, human events, out there on Twitter says, 
Notice how the media is more concerned with going after the kid who exposed Biden's lies in the Ukraine war than the lies themselves. There's a reason for that. The great David Giglio, vice president of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly, Madera County, California, responds, Every politician who voted to send weapons and money to Zelensky is guilty of crimes against the American people for knowingly misleading the public about the reality of the situation in Ukraine. Forget the leaks that exposed it. This is what we should actually be appalled about. The great Diane, who goes by Southern California Valley Girl, says, Watch now, the news is going to talk about the leaker, but not what was leaked. Liberal media and conservative media, it won't be about the things the United States is doing wrong. It's going to be about the leaker. That's indeed what it's going to be about. Hans Monkey over at uh, Epic, theepictimes.com. He uh, is asking, why is it okay for the New York Times to hunt down a whistleblower who exposed the extent of U.S. involvement in running the Ukraine war, while it's not okay, according to the New York Times, for a bunch of randos, a bunch of random people, to testify to identify a fraud who made up stories about Trump. Again, going back to Eric Chiaramella and Alexander Vindman. And showing a, a screenshot of New York Times headline from back then, which said the FBI pledged to keep a source anonymous, Trump allies aided his unmasking. Yeah, it wasn't a source. It was some guy who made up stuff. Eric Chiaramella. Steve Herman, Voice of America, links to the New York Times article, leader of online group where secret documents leaked as Air National Guardsman, and Steve Herman, Voice of America, referring to the New York Times article, says, the leader of online gaming chat group where a trove of classified U.S. intelligence documents leaked is a new is a 21-year-old member of the intelligence wing of the Massachusetts Air National Guard, reports the New York Times. Hans Maki says, a whistleblower leaked a trove of documents that show how the U.S. government lied to everyone about its deep involvement in running the the Ukraine war. And all the media cares about is to get the whistleblower caught and executed. However much you hate the media, it is not enough. That's deep, y'all. Now, this is an interesting response from a guy who goes as real jeezy-creasy. He says, once you understand that they are not journalists and media professionals, but rather actors and operatives, things will start to make sense. That's what I told you a while back. You remember when we had the audio from George Step on All of Us, ABC's Good Morning America, interviewing Sam Bankman-Free, the FTX guy, who said, George Stephanopoulos said, well, you had like $40 billion last summer, right? Well, no, more like you know $24 billion. Oh, okay. 
And what are you down to now? Just 150,000. Wow. Man, what's that feel like? In other words, I'll just take your word for it. You may be the biggest embezzler in the history of the world, but we're on the same, we're in the same club. And I want everybody to just believe what you're saying. Remember that? And yet ABC TV acts like George Step on all of us is an actual journalist. Look, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, back um, back in the day before I got here, over 30 years ago, Stephanopoulos, he was part of the war room to try to get Clinton elected president in 92. And Stephanopoulos and Paul Begala and uh, James Cavill and Bill Clinton and the crew used to meet in the back room at a great restaurant downtown Little Rock called Doe's. Anyway, uh, there is so much more. Seymour Hirsch has an article about this that really gets into what you actually need to know about what came out. And we got that coming up. And then we will get to some stories that are being ignored by the media, including who testified the U.S. House Oversight Committee the same day President Trump had to go to that courtroom in New York. We got so much stuff the media is trying to distract you from. Coming up on the Doc Washburn Show. Look, if you try to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com, pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental USA, redriverauto.com. You'll be glad you did. Now, I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, perhaps problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? Well, the Arkansas Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does... Your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever five or six weeks every spring all my life, bad migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines too, and they went away for good. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, 
allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines. Do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Now, if you live outside central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. As you probably know by now, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. And he's done it again. Introducing MyPillow 2.0. MyPillow 2.0 is a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. MyPillow 2.0's new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature through the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night sleep. You know, your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 was developed to provide a cool surface. It's engineered for comfort. MyPillow 2.0 is available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and there's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. As a special introductory offer for my listeners, when you buy your new MyPillow 2.0, You get a second one free just by using promo code DWS. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great. They feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal on his Giza Dreams sheets. Buy a set of them, get one free. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Buy a set of Giza Dream sheets and get one free just by, by using promo code DWS. My pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer. Get huge discounts on blankets, duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding, including my pillow 2.0 and Giza Dream sheets. Buy one, get one free. Now, I can't say enough good about my my slippers moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, say big on my slippers, slip-ons and moccasins. Close out sale price is just $25 by using promo code DWS. WS. Not only that, Mike's having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals for just $19.98. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anywhere, anytime. Just use promo code DWS. Now remember... That promo code does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. It stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com. Quantities are extremely, extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code 
DWS. All right. Let me mention some of the things the media doesn't want to talk about. Again, Michael Tracy over there on Twitter says, just a few items confirmed by the leaked documents. Number one, Zelensky ordering attacks inside Russia. Number two, presence of U.S. and NATO special forces in Ukraine. Number three, U.S. spying on top Ukraine officials. Number four, Ukraine attacking the sovereign nation of Belarus. But everyone's enraged. The government is no longer concealing these things. So Mark Zaid, who was the attorney for Eric Chiaramella, the guy who made up stories about Trump and was not actually a whistleblower, He's commenting on this story. He says, there is no public evidence so far that Mark Teixeira perceived of being a whistleblower. In any event, one cannot lawfully be a whistleblower by unlawfully disclosing classified documents. Zero protections available. He says, that's why we formed whistleblower law, whistleblower aid law. In other words, a law firm to aid whistleblowers. He says, to assist lawful whistleblowing involving classified documents. Oh. Well, lawful whistleblowing involving classified documents as opposed to unlawfully disclosing classified documents. This this guy is tying himself in a pretzel mentally. The great Hans Monkey, theepictimes.com, responds, if you parrot hearsay, Tales from Vindman in order to take down a president, as they did with Trump, you're a whistleblower. If you expose the fact that Joe Biden lied about the nature and extent of the U.S. government running the Ukraine war, you're not a whistleblower, according to Eric Chiaramello's attorney. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The, the regime media talking point has gone out saying that this guy that got arrested today is not a whistleblower. The Epic Times reporting, and I'm sure everybody else reporting, SecDef Lloyd Austin vows to take any measures necessary to prevent U.S. security leaks, orders review of intel access. Don't be surprised if Biden tries to do some kind of, if he can't get the Restrict Act passed through Congress, don't be surprised if he tries to do some kind of executive order to basically take control of the Internet. U.K. Daily Mail. Has the article, Air National Guardsman 21 arrested in Pentagon leak went by Discord name, name Jack the Dripper and was leader of anti-government Thug Shaker Central chat room that's been posting top secret documents since last year. And they helpfully mentioned the name of his mother and the small business that she owns. Not that they want any liberals, any I-stand-with-Ukraine folks to give her a hard time, except for the fact that, of course, they do. Of course they do. Before we get to Seymour Hersh, Jennifer Van Lahr over at Red State has the article entitled, How Did Jack Teixeira Gain Access to the Documents He Leaked? And why were main, mainstream media stories about him stealth edited? Do you know what a stealth edit is? 
A stealth edit is when there is some kind of story out there in the Internet, some kind of news story, and when they have to go in and edit it, but they don't tell you they edited it. So that's really unethical. Ordinarily, if you have to edit a news story because you got something wrong, you have to fix your mistake, you stay down at the bottom. Oh, by the way, you know, we edited the story at this time on this date, taking this out, putting this in, correcting my our mistake, whatever. But a stealth edit is when you don't acknowledge that you edited anyway. So she says the big story Thursday was the arrest of 21-year-old Jack Teixeira, a member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard, who allegedly leaked more than 100 pages of classified documents that exposed extremely sensitive information from the Pentagon regarding Ukraine, Russia, China, Israel, and documents produced by the Central Intelligence Agency and the National Security Agency. She says the story changed markedly through the day, though, and the sparse information we have about Teixeira raised major questions about how he could have possibly had access to such a wide-ranging tranche of information, why what was finally reported as a true story was so different from what had been published earlier, and who was pushing the disinformation. That's, that's That's a word, big tech, mainstream media, the libs love that word, don't they? Disinformation. She says, in addition, the way it all went down with the New York Times beating the FBI to Teixeira, yeah, the Times got there before the FBI did. Raised eyebrows, especially given that they were the first outlet to report on the leak just a week ago. So who was their source for the stories? When the story first appeared, Reuters claimed, based on anonymous sources, that Russia was behind the leaks. Here's a quote from the initial Reuters story. Russia or pro-Russian elements are likely behind the leak of several classified U.S. military documents posted on social media that offer a partial month-old snapshot of the war in Ukraine, three U.S. officials told Reuters on Friday. The documents appear to have been altered. That was last Friday. Documents appear to be, have been altered to lower the number of casualties suffered by Russian forces, the U.S. officials said, adding their assessments were informal and separate from an investigation into the leak itself. So Jennifer Van Leer at Red State says, for days after that, there was no real speculation until the Washington Post published an exclusive interview Wednesday night with a teenage boy who was part of the Discord server where the, document, where the documents were posted. The teenager said that the leaker went by the screen name OG and that he was probably in his mid-20s in the military and worked on a military base. Now, for those of you who are not uh, familiar with um, young people slang these days, you never heard of UrbanDictionary.com, OG tends to stand for original gangster. Despite reports Thursday morning that the leaker worked at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, we'll have more on that in a moment, it turns out that Teixeira worked at Otis Air National Guard Base in Massachusetts. Otis is located on Joint Base Cape Cod and is the home of the 102nd Intelligence Wing. 
Teixeira is an airman first class, E3, and his job title is Cyber Transport Systems Journeyman, working with IT infrastructure, not analyzing intelligence. According to Jennifer Griffin, Fox News, he has a top-secret SCI security clearance. Obviously, he would have access to classified information and documents given his job, but there are documents in the leak that someone in his position should not have had. Mere possession of a security clearance doesn't equal legal access to all documents slash information that exist at that level of classification. He also would have needed to know the information to perform his job duties. She says, as I referenced earlier, the Wall Street Journal reported Thursday morning that investigators believed that the leaker was based at Fort Bragg, North Carolina at the time of the leak. After the Pentagon briefing and arrest, the story was significantly changed. From the original Wall Street Journal story, this quote, investigators believe the leak of purported highly classified documents on Ukraine and dozens of other subjects likely originated from an Air National Guardsman who was based at Fort Bragg at the time of the leak, U.S. officials said, and an arrest could be made as early as Thursday. The updated story made no reference to Fort Bragg, nor was there any note that significant changes had been made to it. Curiously, an NBC story, NBC News story, about the imminent arrest and then the actual arrest was changed several times. The initial story read, officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss an ongoing investigation said that officials have been tracking Teixeira for some time and that an arrest is imminent. So that's a screenshot from an NBC News story on DOD leaked documents investigation from Thursday, April 13th. The next version omitted Teixeira's name and changed the characterization from tracking to onto him. So it said, Officials who spoke in the condition of anonymity to discuss an ongoing investigation said they have been onto him for some time and that an arrest is imminent. The current version, and they link to the archive link, deletes that sentence entirely. Who told NBC News that they have been tracking to share for some time? NBC claims that the sources were part of the investigation. Was it an FBI source or a Pentagon source? These questions need to be answered. For more than an hour after the arrest, Gordon Lawson, a former Navy officer who was assigned to the Defense Intelligence Agency, referenced Teixeira working at Fort Bragg in an appearance with Neil Cavuto Thursday afternoon on Fox News. Here's what he said. Especially if you're in an intelligence role, you're in that secure facility, and you may have access to those computer systems. Now, I think this one had some human source intelligence that was well beyond what someone of this rank and responsibility should have. That could have been due to where he was assigned. I believe he was at Fort Bragg, which obviously has some sensitive commands there with Special Operations Command. Meanwhile, 
the Fayetteville Observer in Fayetteville, North Carolina, home of Fort Bragg, reports that Fort Bragg officials have stated that Teixeira never served at Fort Bragg and was never affiliated with any unit on Fort Bragg, which houses the Joint Special Operations Command, JSOC. Here's what they said. An official at Fort Bragg late Thursday issued a statement saying a Massachusetts Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified documents does not appear to have served at Fort Bragg. Initial media reports suggest that he worked at the military installation in North Carolina. Major Matt Visser, spokesman for the 18th Airborne Corps and Fort Bragg, said, After exhausting efforts across the organizations on our installation, we are unable to confirm that Jack Teixeira had any service history or has been affiliated with any unit on Fort Bragg. So, you know what I'm thinking. They were going to arrest somebody else who was at Fort Bragg. So Jennifer Van Lahr, RedState.com, says, who was telling the Wall Street Journal that Teixeira had a connection to Fort Bragg? In this case, it doesn't really matter, given the unit Teixeira was attached to, but Wall Street Journal has deep connections in the military intelligence community and doesn't generally publish information that's so easily and quickly disproven. Who was telling Reuters that Russia was behind the leak and why? The changing stories with no acknowledgement of or explanation for the changes are likely part of an effort to distract from the elephant in the room. When reporters repeatedly confronted the Pentagon spokesperson with questions about how a 21-year-old low-level enlisted airman had access to the scope of information that he apparently had access to, and how he could get more than 100 documents out of a skiff, sensitive compartmented information facility. The Pentagon spokesman answered by saying that they're examining information dis- distribution lists and that they had the rules in place and Teixeira broke the rules so they shouldn't be held responsible. Well, that's unacceptable. As columnist Mark Thiessen said, the incompetence is stunning. Here's the quote. Here's the quote from Mark Thiessen over at Fox. He says, The idea that a 21-year-old kid can expose sources and methods of how we spy, how we have penetrated the Chinese People's Liberation Army, because apparently we've exposed the fact we know they have a new hypersonic missile that can reach the United States, that they exposed our penetration of the Russian defense ministry. That could affect the war in Ukraine. I mean, the incompetence is stunning. Sean Duffy, also over Fox News, wondered if anyone in the command structure is going to be disciplined. Here's his quote. What general is going to lose his job? Which general is at fault for national security to make sure you can't breach into the Pentagon and get, the, and get this highly classified information? The problem with this administration is no one is held accountable. Someone has to lose his job. I mean, again, 
this guy should go to prison, but we have real problems in the Pentagon. And I don't think the administration wants to look inside to go, who is the problem? Who else do we have to bring in to make sure our secrets are safe? Well, i got a question. What if Biden and the people pulling Biden's strings don't want our secrets to be safe? Hey, I'm old enough to remember Hillary Clinton using an unsecured server. So any other country that wanted to could look at everything she was sending, all kinds of top secret stuff. I'm old enough to remember the fact that um, Iran and China both arrested all of our human intelligence folks and executed them. Was she held accountable? Oh, no, no, because James Comey said no reasonable prosecutor would indict her. Remember all that? Back to this Red State article, How Did Jack Teixeira Gain Access to the Documents He Leaked? This is amazing. A possibility that needs to be considered is that Teixeira was given many of the documents by someone else who did have access to them and who wanted them to be leaked. Former congressional candidate up in Washington State, Joe Kent, combat veteran himself, made some points on Twitter that we should all be paying attention to and which journalists should keep in mind more often. Here's what Joe Kent wrote on Twitter. He says, The most important part of evaluating a source is to determine their access. How do they know what they know? If they can't plausibly explain it and prove it, but they're giving you good intel, it's being given to you for a reason. A cyber transport systems tech, E3, is not given access to sensitive information pertaining to NATO partners, Israel, etc., even with a top-secret clearance. The JCS documents, maybe, but that too is a stretch. Teixeira needs to explain how he obtained the leaked information step-by-step. There's either much more to the story, or we have major holes in our systems. Post-Manning slash Snowden, I find that hard to believe based on my time in the intel community. I'm not saying Teixeira is innocent. He likely leaked something, but how did he get a hold of information that is highly sensitive and compartmentalized? Makes it sound like that Horowitz guy I uh, quoted earlier doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't it? Joe Kent concludes, The media's manhunt... And the Washington Post's intel mouthpiece, Shane Harris, of Russian bounties fame, breaking the story also leads me to question the narrative. Okay, so Shane Harris was the guy that uh, broke the bogus story about Russia putting bounties on our troops if the Taliban would take them out. Never happened. Jennifer Van Lahr, Red State, continues... She says, yes, Teixeira needs to explain exactly how he obtained the information, but investigators should be able to figure that out without his cooperation by examining data already possessed by DOJ, FBI, DOD, and our various intel agencies, in addition to Teixeira's devices. If they can't, we have a major problem. What is the likelihood that we, the American people, will ever know how to share I got the information. I'm not going to hold my breath, but a lack of full transparency in this issue will destroy any remnants 
of confidence in our military leadership and intelligence community that remain. That's a great Jennifer Van Lar, managing editor over at redstate.com. And the article is entitled, How Did Jack Teixeira Gain Access to the Documents He Leaked and Why Were Mainstream Media Stories About Him Stealth Edited? Indeed. Now, I've got to tell you about an argument that a reporter at Fox News got into with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, again, a reporter, not somebody who is a commentator like uh, Jesse Waters or a Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram or even a Greg Gutfeld. No, this is supposed to be a straight reporter. She gets in a big argument with a conservative Republican congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I gotta, I gotta tell you about that, and I gotta give you Seymour Hersh's article, and then we're gonna get on to some stories that are being ignored because this whole thing blew up. By the way, uh, just remember Seymour Hersh is the guy who, uh, speaking of blowing up, Seymour Hersh is the guy who broke the story a few months ago about the fact that the United States government, which promised to take out Russia's Nord Stream pipeline did take out Nor- Russia's Nord Stream pipeline. So that's coming up too. All right. AT&T recently lost a whole lot of money on Wall Street after their satellite outfit, DirecTV, decided to delete Newsmax. I mean, they lost billions. Just like Anheuser-Busch is losing billions right now on that whole Bud Light fiasco. So if you want to drop, well, people are already dropping Bud Light. If you want to drop AT&T or any of the big liberal cell phone carriers, I have the perfect solution for you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. And Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans fit any budget along with great discounts for our veterans and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. And make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, the great Ronald Reagan once said, Inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? 
Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, two words, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty in the struggling U.S. dollar. And man, oh man, is that U.S. dollar struggling. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team at Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. We found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from General Michael Flynn, and we're glad we did. Andrew's a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more about Andrew and his team, go to bh-pm.com. The BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for Precious Metals. bh-pm.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. No matter what search engine you use, it's the first thing that comes up. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn silver coin and let them know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals in an effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com or Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Green out there on Twitter Thursday afternoon, April 13th, 4.46 Eastern, said, Jake Teixeira is white, male, Christian, and anti-war. That makes him an enemy to the Biden regime. And he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine and a lot more. Ask yourself, who is the real enemy? A young, low-level National Guardsman? or the administration that is waging war in Ukraine, a non-NATO nation against nuclear Russia without war powers. You get it? I mean, the administration did not come to Congress and ask for war to be declared. They didn't come to Congress with anything. So Jackie Heinrich, Fox News, makes the mistake of responding. And she says, U.S. troops are not fighting in Ukraine. National Security Council's John Kirby tells Fox there is a small military presence at the embassy in conjunction with the defense attache's office working on accountability of material, not providing battlefield support. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. No wonder Tucker Carlson wanted her fired. That's the same John Kirby 
who said there was no chaos involved in our withdrawal from Afghanistan. That John Kirby. Did I ever mention that uh, most of the straight news people of Fox News are libs? And I don't see how people like uh, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram and Jesse Waters even put up with them. That's just outrageous. That's outrageous. Our response from a um, guy who goes by uh, Scott C. Oh, they're on Twitter, U.S. Army and IC veteran. He says, the question is, do you seriously believe this or is this part of the fee you have to pay to keep your access? Yeah, well, Scott, the uh, question kind of answers itself, doesn't it? UK Daily Mail reporting. National Guard member who leaked classified U.S. documents made panicked final call to gamer pals before his arrest. Quote, only God can decide what happens from now on, unquote, as it's revealed his stepfather had a 34-year career in the same intelligence unit. Well, they're going to crucify this guy. Whether he did it or not. So let me tell you what the great Seymour Hirsch is saying over there in his substack. This is very important because nobody else is going to tell you. Articles entitled Trading with the Enemy, subtitled Amid Rampant Corruption in Kiev, and as U.S. troops gather at the Ukrainian border, does the Biden administration have an end game to the conflict? Seymour Hirsch says the Ukraine government, headed by Volodymyr Zelensky, has been using American taxpayers' funds to pay dearly for the vitally needed diesel fuel that is keeping the Ukrainian army on the move in its war with Russia. It is unknown how much the, the Zelensky government is paying per gallon for the fuel, but the Pentagon was paying as much as $400 per gallon to transport gasoline from a port in Pakistan via truck or parachute into Afghanistan during the decades-long American war there. $400 a gallon. Well, they just throw money down a hole, don't they? He says, what also is unknown is that Zelensky has been buying the fuel from Russia, the country with which it and Washington are at war. And the Ukrainian president and many in his entourage have been skimming untold millions from the American dollars earmarked for diesel fuel payments. One estimate by analysts from the Central Intelligence Agency, you may know them as the CIA, Put the embezzled funds at $400 million last year at least. Another expert compared the level of corruption in Kiev as approaching that of the Afghan war. He says, although there will be no professional audit reports emerging from the Ukraine. Seymour Hirsch says, one knowledgeable American intelligence official told me, Zelensky's been, pay, been buying discount diesel from the Russians. And who's paying for the gas and oil? We are. Putin and his oligarchs are making millions on it. Seymour Hirsch says, 
I was told many government ministries in Kiev have been literally competing to set up front companies for export contracts for weapons and ammunition with private arms dealers around the world, all of which provide kickbacks. In other words, we're sending them weapons and ammo, and they're selling them all over the world. He says many of those companies are in Poland and the Czech Republic, but others are thought to exist in the Persian Gulf and Israel. An American expert on international trade told me, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that there are others in places like the Cayman Islands and Panama, and there are lots of Americans involved. Now, the issue of corruption was directly raised with Zelensky in a meeting last January in Kiev with CIA Director William Burns. His message to the Ukrainian president, I was told by an intelligence official with direct knowledge of the meeting, was out of a 1950s mafia movie. The senior generals and government officials in Kiev were angry at what they saw as Zelensky's greed. At least that's what CIA Director Burns told the Ukrainian president because, quote, he was taking a larger share of the skim money than was going to the generals. Oh, so that's why they were angry. Burns also presented Zelensky with a list of 35 generals and senior officials whose corruption was known to the CIA and others in the American government. Zelensky responded to the American pressure 10 days later by publicly dismissing 10 of the most ostentatious officials on the list and doing little else. The intelligence official told me the 10 he got rid of were brazenly bragging about the money they had driving around Kiev in their new Mercedes. Zelensky's half-hearted response and the White House's lack of concern was seen, the intelligence official added, as another sign of a lack of leadership that is leading to a total breakdown of trust between the White House and some elements of the intelligence community. I've been repeatedly told in my recent reporting another divisive issue is the strident ideology and lack of political skill shown by Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. The President and his two main foreign policy advisors quote, live in different worlds, unquote, than the experienced diplomats and military and intelligence officers assigned to the White House. The intelligence official said, quote, they have no experience, judgment, or moral integrity. They just tell lies, make up stories, diplomatic deniability is something else that has to be done, unquote. Yeah, but you know what? It's not going to be done. But I digress. A prominent retired American diplomat who strenuously opposes Biden's foreign policy toward China and Russia depicted Blinken as little more than a jumped-up congressional staffer and Sullivan as a political campaign manager who both suddenly find themselves front and center in the world of high-powered diplomacy with no empathy for the opposition. He added... They're decent when it comes to domestic politics, but now we have the political and energy world all upside down. China and India 
are now selling refined gasoline to the Western world is just business. The current crisis is not helped by the fact that Putin also is acting irrationally. The intelligence official told me that everything Putin has been doing in Ukraine is counter to Russia's long-term interests. Emotion has overcome rationality, and he's doing things that are totally non-productive. And so are we going to sit down with Zelensky and Putin and work it out? Not a chance. The intelligence official said, there's a total breakdown between the White House leadership and the intelligence community. The rift dates back to the fall when, as I reported, Seymour Hersh said, in early February, Biden, back in the fall, ordered the covert destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines in the Baltic Sea. The official told me, destroying the Nord Stream pipelines was never discussed or even known in advance by the intelligence community, and there is no strategy for ending the war. The U.S. spent two years planning for the Normandy invasion D-Day World War II. What are we going to do if China decides to invade Taiwan? The official added that the National Intelligence Council has yet to order a national intelligence estimate on defending Taiwan from China, which would provide national security and political guidance in case such does happen. There's no reason yet, despite repeated American political provocation from both Democrats and Republicans, the official said, to suspect that China has any intention of invading Taiwan. It has lost billions building its wildly ambitious Belt and Road Initiative aimed at linking East Asia to Europe and investing, perhaps foolishly, in seaports around the world. The official told me the point is there is no working national intelligence estimate process anymore. The official said CIA Director Burns is not the problem. The problem is Biden and his principal lieutenants, Blinken and Sullivan, and their court of worshipers who see those who criticize Zelensky as being pro-Putin. We're against evil. Ukraine will fight till the last military shell is gone and still fight. And here's Biden who's telling America that we're going to fight as long as it takes. The official cited the little-known and rarely discussed deployment, authorized by Biden, of two brigades with thousands of America's best Army combat units to the region. A brigade of the 82nd Airborne Division has been intensively training and exercising from its base inside Poland within a few miles of the Ukrainian border. It was reinforced late last year by a brigade from the 101st Airborne Division that was deployed in Romania. The actual manpower of the two brigades, when administrative and support units, with the trucks and drivers who haul the constant stream of arms and military equipment flowing by sea to keep the units combat ready, could total more than 20,000. The intelligence officials told me that there is no evidence that any senior official in the White House really knows What's going on in the 82nd and 101st? Are they there as part of a NATO exercise or to serve with NATO combat units if the West decides to engage Russian units 
inside Ukraine? Are they there to train or to be a trigger? The rules of engagement say they can't attack Russians unless our boys are getting attacked. But the juniors are running the show here, the official added. There's no National Security Council coordination, and the U.S. Army is getting ready to go to war. There's no idea whether the White House knows what's going on. Has the president gone to the American people with an informative broadcast about what's going on? The only briefings the press and the public get today are from White House spokespeople. This is not just a bad leadership. There's none. Zero. The intel official added that a team of Ukrainian combat pilots are now being trained here in America to fly U.S.-built F-16 fighter jets with the goal, if needed, of flying in combat against Russian troops and other targets inside Ukraine. No decision about such deployment has been made. The clearest statements of American policy have come not from the White House, but from the Pentagon. Army General Mark Milley, who's chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said of the war last March 15th, Russia remains isolated. The military stocks are rapidly depleting. Their soldiers are demoralized, untrained, unmotivated conscripts and convicts, and their leadership is failing them. Having already failed in their strategic objectives, Russia is increasingly relying on other countries such as Iran and North Korea. This relationship is built on the cruel bonds of repressing freedom, subverting liberty, and maintaining their tyranny. Ukraine remains strong. They're capable and trained. Ukrainian soldiers are strong in their combat units. Their tanks, infantry, fighting vehicles, and armored vehicles are only going to bolster the front line. Now, there's evidence that Milley is as optimistic as he sounds. I was told that two months ago, the Joint Chiefs had ordered members of the staff. The military phrase is tasked, you know, given the task, to draft an end-of-war treaty to present to the Russians after their defeat on the Ukraine battlefield. If worse comes to worst, for the undermanned and outgunned Ukraine army in the next few months, will the two American brigades join forces with NATO troops and face off with the Russian army inside Ukraine? Is this the plan or hope of the American president? Is this the fireside chat he wants to give? If Biden decides to share his thoughts with the American people, he might want to explain what two army brigades, fully staffed and supplied, are doing so close to the war zone. That is the great Seymour Hersh from his Substack article entitled Trading with the Enemy. Now, even scarier is the article over at Asia Times by the great Stephen Bryan. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Stephen Bryan. He is a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy and the Yorktown Institute. And his article over the Asia Times is entitled, Ukraine's Spring Offensive, a Likely Death Trap for U.S. and NATO. Oh, that's not good. Subtitle, Leaked Pentagon Documents Indicate Ukraine Lacks the Armor and Air Defenses Needed to Succeed. Yeah, that's really not good. But are you hearing about this anywhere else? I didn't think so.
He says, under U.S. guidance, Ukraine is planning a major counteroffensive likely later this spring when the fields and secondary roads that are not asphalt to dry out. Right now, most military vehicles cannot operate over open fields and have real difficulty on unpaved secondary roads. According to leaked, alleged Pentagon documents, Ukraine has assembled 12 brigades for the planned military push. Nine of the 12 brigades are equipped with U.S. and European armor and artillery, and the three others are made up of older Russian-origin equipment, some of it modified by Ukraine. According to the leaked documents, Ukraine can expect big gains from its offensive. But it would seem the reality is quite different. Even the Wall Street Journal, a Ukraine booster, has doubts. Indeed, the documents themselves tell a different story, which helps explain the mad dash by the Biden administration to try and stop the dissemination of the leaked documents. The planned Ukrainian late spring offensive could be a death trap for the U.S., NATO, and even America's Asian allies. A brigade is normally between 3,000 and 5,000 soldiers. Using the higher number, Ukraine is planning to commit 60,000 troops in the counteroffensive, focused on an effort to break Russia's control over Black Sea ports other than Sevastopol. However, it's likely Ukraine will launch some sort of simultaneous attack on Crimea and Sevastopol if it can. The offensive is largely the brainchild of U.S. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Nuland. She is the eminence Greece in the Biden administration when it comes to Ukraine. Don't you just love it when they use terms that you're supposed to know the meaning of, but you don't? I don't even know how to pronounce it. So what that means is kind of like a respected authority or elder statesman. Could also be a confidential agent exercising unsuspected or unofficial power. Yeah, that sums up Victoria Newland, that's for sure. Newland has not made any secret of her ambition for Ukraine to take back Crimea. Newland, who is rigidly anti-Russian and anti-Putin, would like to see the Putin government collapse. Achieving that, in her view, requires an absolute victory by Ukraine over Russia, meaning that Ukraine will retake every square meter of its lost land. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky agrees. Newland has a long history with Ukraine. In the Obama administration, she supported the Maidan protesters, and the overthrow of the legally elected but pro-Russia government of Ukraine in 2014. There are secret recordings of her conversations with the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine at the time, deciding who would be best to replace Viktor Yanukovych, who was then president of Ukraine. Yanukovych was elected in 2010 in a runoff between himself and Prime Minister Yulia Tymoshenko. Yanukovych originally came from Donetsk over in eastern majority Russian-speaking Ukraine. He's now in exile in Russia. The U.S. backed the coup in Ukraine, even though it was illegal and undemocratic. 
Since then, most of the Russian-speaking parts of Ukraine have not participated in Ukrainian elections, including Zelensky's election in 2019. Now, after Russian annexations, participation is foreclosed as the Donbass region republics in eastern Ukraine, Donetsk and Luhansk, Kherson, Zaporizhia, and Crimea now are, in the view of the Russian government, part of Russia. The planned counteroffensive despite U.S. and NATO support, faces some significant obstacles. The nine U.S.-NATO-equipped brigades have less armor than promised by NATO. And then he says, below is what these Ukrainian brigades look like, according to the Pentagon Papers, and as explained by Simplicius on his Substack blog. And he goes into great detail about what kind of tanks they have and what kind of equipment, what kind of ammo, and... I think he makes the case, I mean, I hate the title of this, Ukraine's Spring Offensive, a Likely Death Trap for U.S.-NATO. There's a comma between U.S. and NATO. Over at asiatimes.com, written by Stephen Bryan, the last name is B-R-Y-E-N. Man, oh man, there are so many recent stories that all of this has been distracting everybody from. But I had to at least give you, in this episode of the Doc Washburn Show, the, as the great Paul Harvey once said, the rest of the story about the leak of the documents, the arrest of the guy, I had to at least give you, you know, the rest of the story about all of that. And I'm definitely looking forward to, on the next episode of the Doc Washburn Show, getting deep into all these stories that are being neglected. The stories that you're not hearing about. All right, it's that time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online. Have delivered to your front door anywhere in continental USA. All right. The great Benny Johnson, another podcaster out there, has this out there on Twitter. Breaking former White House stenographer blows the whistle. Says Joe Biden is a criminal and I've got the evidence. If they put me in front of the grand jury, my testimony becomes the evidence that will put him in jail or will lead to his impeachment. And this is what... This gentleman named Mike McCormick told Jesse Waters over at Fox News, and it went like this. I went to the FBI and filled out their witness tip line. There's a website. You fill out all these tips, uh, these web, web directions. I submitted it. If you lie to the FBI when you're submitting a tip like that, you can go to jail. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. Joe Biden is lying. 
Joe Biden is a criminal. That's the bottom line. I don't care if he goes to Timbuktu or Ireland or anywhere. He's a criminal. And I've got the evidence. If they put me in front of the grand jury that's right now seated in Wilmington with special prosecutor David Weiss, my testimony becomes the evidence that will put him in jail or will uh, lead to his impeachment, probably lead to his impeachment first. So you're saying that Joe Biden wasn't going to Ukraine to fight corruption. Joe Biden was going to Ukraine to help the natural gas industry. At the time, he knew that his son was on the board of the biggest natural gas business conglomerate in Ukraine. That's exactly right. You know, Hunter Biden signed up for this uh, trip. He signed up to be on Burisma on uh, April 18th, 2014. Well, on April 16th, 2014, what I've seen in the laptop was Hunter put a schedule, uh, something on his daily schedule. I'm meeting Devin and Lucas. Lucas, Devin Archer's son. Devin Archer is a fellow Burisma board member at the WH at 11. That's the White House. Mm. There's photos of, of, of Devin Archer and his son Lucas in the White House. They, the cover story was, oh, it's a book report for, our, for my son. He's being nice with Joe Biden. That's not what it was. This was a planning meeting for them to start their uh, kickback scheme with Burisma. And there was a lot more planning that went on ahead of it. One of the many stories is being ignored by the mainstream media. Um, pray for Mike McCormick's safety there, former White House stenographer. He says, look, I got the goods on Biden. Put me in front of that grand jury in Wilmington, Delaware. I got the goods on him. All right, so many stories that you're not being told about because of distractions like uh, the, in, the indicting of President Trump or the arresting of this uh, 21-year-old Air National Guardsman. And that's all coming up on the next episode of the Doc Washburn Show. You've been listening to episode 371 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempior X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. Well, that's the way it is. Friday, April 14th, 2023.